Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Jesus says the kingdom of God comes in power. It comes in power. Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. And this power comes through the Holy Spirit. And that is why we can never forget the Spirit of the living God. Jesus says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So to experience this power of the Holy Spirit, and we are talking about resurrection power, the greatest power in the entire universe, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, raised Him and seated Him in the heavenly places, far above every principality's power, dominion, and might. This same power, right? He wants to come, He wants to come and give it to us. So there has to be a degree of purity in our lives to receive it. Now, remember, He's known as the Holy Spirit. So if you want to move in resurrection power, Paul says to know Him in the power of His resurrection then you've got to have a degree of purity. Romans 14 and verse 17 says, let's all read this together starting now. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me unpack this for you a little bit. The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. That means it's not just mundane, earthly, worldly, transient thing like food and drinks. You eat and you drink and then it goes away. Yeah, I mean, they just go away. It's, it's not just fooling around. The, the, the kingdom of God is very powerful. It is righteousness in the Holy Spirit. It is purity. You got to desire purity. It is peace in the Spirit. So we don't grieve the Spirit of God. We don't cause Him to withdraw from us and sadden Him because we love Him. It is joy in the Spirit. That means He is our ultimate satisfaction. You know, I mean, we can enjoy a lot of stuff in life. Fellowship, uh, Pokemon Go. <laughs> you know, we can, we can go and watch a movie, hang around, have fun at the beach, having barbecues. But our ultimate satisfaction, even if there's nothing else, if we have Jesus and we have joy in the, or we have the Spirit, it is joyful enough is satisfaction enough. So this is how the kingdom of God is. If you love God this way, that He is all I need, then the power of God is going to flow greater and greater in your life. So if we want to fulfill our divine vision and live out the destiny of God that He has for us, and remember what I told you last week, what kind of destiny we have? We have a glorious destiny. It's from glory to glory to glory. We have an enviable destiny. You are really a global citizen of the kingdom set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And you are shining with the light of God to the whole world. It's, it's enviable. You're going from glory to glory to glory. But for this, we need purity or sanctification, and this is why I want to talk about this morning. Sanctification is a big word, 
but let's try it together. Everybody say sanctification. sanctification. Okay, say five times loud. Try it again. Say sanctification. sanctification. Now, exactly what does it mean? To be sanctified means to be made holy like God. To be made holy like God. And God is a holy God. God says, be holy for I am holy. Right? Sanctification means to lose the desire for sin. That means to have no more desire for sin. Now, we have been forgiven. It's a given. I mean, I just re I repeat that word. It's a given that we are forgiven. We are washed by the blood of Jesus. And God will never remember our sin again. So when we come to Christ, we are washed as white as snow. Though your sin be red as crimson, it shall be washed as white as snow. But once we are a white slate, let's not get it filthy and dirtied again. Yeah? So sanctification means that the power of sin, the desire to want to sin, gets weaker and weaker until eventually it's gone. So, sanctification is a catalyst for the fulfillment of our destiny. If there is no purity, you can never fulfill the divine vision that God has for you. Sanctification is the catalyst for power of God, for divine empowerment. If there is no purity, the power of God will not flow as, as strongly. Sanctification is impossible without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, a lot of people, they try, well, if I, if, if, if I have accountability groups, if I uh, abstain from this, abstain from that, and sometimes we set a lot of rules, we think, if I do this, then I can be sanctified. But sanctification is not a human thing. You know, you can go through all your rehabilitation program. You can go through all your counseling programs and they are all good. But sanctification is impossible without the Spirit of the living God. Now, go with me right now to Romans chapter 1. And let me explain to you the reason why Jesus Christ Himself could remain sinless. Now remember, He's totally God, but He's totally man. So Jesus was tempted like you and I. So how could he have remained sinless? And the answer he, the Bible gives is that he was empowered by the spirit of holiness. Now look at verse 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God, with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So Jesus Christ... Although he was born in the flesh, he was able to be the Son of God, to be sinless and remain sinless because he was empowered by the Spirit of holiness. Now, that is why he had continual dominion and power over sin. Now, in John 14, Jesus talking about the Spirit of God. He says, the prince of this world is coming. That means Satan is up to some no good, but he has no hole in me. I wonder how many of us can say that in our lives. Yeah, I know the devil is around. The devil wants to mess up my life. 
but he has no hole in me. I have not opened a door for him to come in. He has no license to destroy or touch my life. Wow. Can you imagine if Jesus Christ, who's born without sin, needed the Holy Spirit for sanctification, how much more you and I who are all born in sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And that is why the Lord Jesus wants to baptize us with the Spirit and with fire. Now, you see, even when our destiny is glorious, even when our destiny is enviable, every destiny of God in us must go through the refinery of the Holy Spirit. Because only the refiner's fire can purify us. You know, let me tell you this. The only difference between a diamond and a black coal is the fire it has to endure. <laughs> they say a diamond is a girl's best friend. I know uh, for most husbands, a diamond is a man's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> But what's the difference between a diamond and a black coal? Because diamonds came from coal. The only difference is that it has endured fire. And that's why it's the hardest material on this planet. It is unbreakable. A diamond is unbreakable. And God wants us to be diamond Christians. Unbreakable, strong, courageous. One of the worst epidemics in history was the bubonic plague or the Black Death. It lasted 400 years and wiped out 200 million people in Europe. One-fifth of the world population was killed by a plague. It's worse than SARS. It's worse than Zika and all those stuff. Now, in London alone, 15% of the population was wiped out in 1665 by the Black Death. But what stopped the plague was the Great Fire of London. You see, from that time of the fire until today, England never have a severe plague ever again because of one fire. Now, let me tell you what happened. The fire went down so deep into the sewers and burned so hot that it burned away all the fleas that were carrying the disease on the backs of rats. So the bubonic plague was caused by fleas inside rats. And they went everywhere. They went all over Europe. And people could not reach them. They are deep inside. The fire went so deep to crevices in the sewers that no one can reach. It burned so hot. Every flea carrying the disease died and every rat spreading the disease died. And that's exactly what God wants to do. The fire of the Holy Spirit wants to go into the sewers of our soul, into areas that nobody knows, but you know. And sometimes you cannot reach. Your counseling cannot reach. Your rehabilitation work cannot reach. Your self-discipline cannot reach. And it burn away the red nature inside so that we can be purified and free of any form of spiritual disease. Come on, give God a big hand. Amen. Only the Holy Spirit can do this. All our human efforts, all our cleverness, all our strategy will fall severely short of God's glory. Romans 8 verse 13. 
For if you live, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So it's either spiritual or it's impossible. There's no other way. You have to decide. It's either spiritual or it's going to be impossible. Like Jesus, God wants to give us an encounter with the Spirit of holiness. The Spirit of holiness. Everybody say out loud. Say, Holy Spirit. I need an encounter. Turn to your neighbors on the left, on the right, say you got to have an encounter with the Spirit of Holiness. <laughs> Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. Now, just look at one more verse and then we go to our next section. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Now, look at this verse. Who is doing the sanctification? It's by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. So every day we got to pray, Holy Spirit, I want to encounter and be empowered for sanctification by your holiness in Jesus' name. See, this is how it works. Now, why do we need sanctification? Why? Number one, we need sanctification for prayer answers so that God will answer our prayers. Now, Psalm 66 verse 18, it says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not listen. Now, to cherish means approve. If, I, if you approve of your sin, you've been sinning, sinning, you try not to gamble, you try not to get drunk, you try, you try, 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 try. After a while, you give up. You say, well, this is how it's supposed to be. You rationalize it, you justify it, and you approve it. If you cherish sin, if you enjoy that sin, you hold on to that sin, you, you, you love that sin, you don't want to let it go. God will not listen to our prayers. So that is why sometimes our prayers are not answered. If we want our prayers to be answered, we need sanctification. Doesn't matter if you're not there yet. Doesn't matter we are, we are all work in progress. Right? We are not a single one here is already perfect. Yeah? But as long as we don't cherish the sin, even we fail a thousand times, that's okay. God will answer it. But if we don't like purity, we want to hold on to it. God says, I will shut my ears. I will not listen to your prayers. Why do we need sanctification? Number two, we need sanctification for revelation. For revelation. Psalm 25 verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And He will show them, that means He will give revelation. He will show them His covenant. Another word for revelation is secrets. So things not revealed to casual observers to casual listeners. So, you know, God wants to show you secrets that others don't know. But this is only reserved for those that desire purity. The secret of the Lord reveals what's in His heart. Otherwise, all we have is just information. For 27 years, I want to pastor this church by revelation, not by information. Because Contained within revelation 
is all the divine wisdom and the divine guidance we need to achieve our vision. Information can only take us so far. But revelation comes with it the power of God. Revelation comes with it the faith that we need for breakthrough. But we need sanctification to flow in revelation to access divine secrets. Number three, we need sanctification for new levels of anointings. New levels of anointing. Psalms 45 verse 7, it says, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you. So when you see the word therefore, you must ask yourself the question, why is it therefore? So, why has God anointed you? Because deep in your heart, you have a love for His righteousness. You hate sin. You hate wickedness. You may not be there yet, but that's okay. You say, Holy Spirit, you help me. Empower me for sanctification. Right? And God will anoint you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. That is why there could be thousands of us in this room, but we don't all have the same anointing. The anointing is according to the degree of purity we have in our lives. The, the, to the degree we desire sanctification, that's the degree the power of God will flow. Now, Luke chapter 5 over here, Jesus himself saying, verse 37, and no one puts new wine into old wine skin. Why don't we all read this together? The words of Jesus. I, I love his words. Let's all say it together starting now. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins, or else the new wine will burst the wine skins and be spilled, and the wine skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins, and both are preserved. You know what that means? New wine must be put into new wine skin. It means new anointings require a new life. Every time your life uh, reaches a new freshness, you get a new anointing. Every time your life gets a new scrub, you actually receive a new outpouring of the Spirit. A new way of living will lead to a new anointing. Proverbs 1 verse 23 Turn at my rebuke, surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. So whenever we accept the correction of the Lord, that means the Holy Spirit say, hey, Kong, you got to change this. You know, son, you got to, don't do that anymore. Don't say this. Others can, you can't. All right? And, and God speaks to you like a good father. And sometimes he can be a little strong and he says, look, this is really not good. My son, my daughter, don't do this. And you listen to his correction. You accept the correction of the Lord. You allow him to purify you, to change you. Boom, all of a sudden, a new anointing flows in. He pours his spirit. New wine skin, new wine. And then he shows you his word with a new anointing. Boom, boom, boom. Revelation, revelation, revelation. You become clearer as to the divine vision and the destiny of your life. That's why we need sanctification. Number four, we need sanctification for security of destiny. Without sanctification, your destiny is at risk. My destiny is at risk. Many great destinies in the Bible 
is uh, they are crushed because of a lack of sanctification. Many destinies you read in the scripture, they are burned simply because there's no purity. That is why we need purity. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's talking about the Israelites. Verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Hey, this is the greatest miracle in the Old Testament, the parting of the Red Sea. They experienced God in a great way. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea. They were water baptized. Verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food. They had manna. They all drank the same spiritual drink. They drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Can you imagine? 1,500 years before Jesus came, the Israelites experienced the reality of Christ already. And it was a rock that gave them living water. And the rock followed them for 40 years. Can you imagine everywhere you go, a rock is always following you? 40 years. I mean, here was a generation of signs and wonders. Right? Water baptized. You know, they, they have the manna from heaven every single day. They have a rock that followed them. They could drink freely. I mean, this was real mineral water in the purest kind. But look at verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. That means they died in the wilderness. They never entered the promised land. Now why? Verse 6. These things became our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. Number one, they have lost. And they do not, and do not become idolaters as, some of the, as were some of them. They had idolatry. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now let us commit sexual immorality. So that's number three. They have sexual sins. As some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 fell. And then, nor let us tempt Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. They tempted Christ. That's the fourth problem. What do you mean tempting Christ? That means you're daring God to judge you. You know something is wrong. And you say, God, I dare you. I'm going to do this. I dare you to punish me. Yeah, that's tempting God. And they tempted God. They say, God, we know it's wrong, but we dare you. See what we're going to do. It's just like a rebellious kid. I'm going to do this. What can you do? Yeah? They were daring God. And then verse 10, no complaint. They were murmuring. And some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. You see, they had everything going for them. A great destiny. They were just a, a short distance from the promised land. Just a few weeks from the promised land. But they had lust, their idolatry, their sexual immorality. They tempted Christ. And they were murmuring. The children of Israel burned their destiny by losing their sanctification. They burn it. Let me tell you this. There are three silent killers that will destroy our destiny. You can go home and read that in 1 John chapter 2. Three silent killers. 1 John 2 verse 16. Number one, the last of the flesh. The last of the flesh. And very often it got to do with our sexual desires, our fleshly desires. 
Samson, for example, so talented, so gifted, the strongest man ever lived. But you can read Judges chapter 6. He had no control in his sexual areas. He went from one girl to another girl to another girl and finally slept with Delilah and lost his vision, literally lost his sight. Lost his sight, right? Couldn't control his lust for girls, for women. Couldn't control his sexual appetite. Judges 16, not Judges chapter 6. So his destiny was crushed. You think about Solomon, the wisest king ever lived. You can be wise, but if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, your destiny will still be crushed. Solomon, totally obsessed with women, couldn't control his hormones. His hormones was always raging. Couldn't control it. So the Bible says he has 700 wives and 300 concubines. Can you imagine his entire palace is covered with lingeries? <laughs> 1,000 girls. Can you imagine if he spent a night with one, it would take him three and a half years to go through the next person again. And his destiny was crushed. His destiny was burned. We need the power of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to sanctify us from the lust of the flesh. Right? And then you have the lust of the eyes. There's a second one. The love for money. What you see, you want. What you see, you crave. An insatiable craving for money, for material things. The Bible talks about Achan. Achan came into the promised land. He was going to inherit it already. And he coveted the gold and a few garments of the Babylonians. And he lost everything. Lost everything. How sad, huh? He was already, he got one foot in the promised land already. And his destiny, destiny was crushed because he had no sanctification. Gehazi, there was this man called Gehazi. He, he was the heir apparent of the prophet Elisha. But he had the loss of the eye. He was just craving for money. Let me tell you this, genuine prophet of God don't crave after money. Genuine prophets of God don't celebrate gifts or look for gifts. They don't. If it comes, praise God. But if not, they don't angle their way to get a gift. So Naaman came and got healing from Elisha. Gehazi thought, man, what a great business opportunity. So he ran after Naaman and said, Naaman, Please, give me one talent of silver and give me some clothes. Naaman was so touched by God. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you two talents of silver. I'm going to give you two changes of clothes. Let me tell you, two talents of silver and, and two, two outfits in Singapore dollars is $50,000. $50,000. For $50,000, he's willing to sacrifice his destiny. What was his destiny? He was supposed to get a double portion of Elisha's anointing 
which means four times that of Elijah. I tell you, what can $50,000 buy for you? You can't even buy a car in Singapore. <laughs> He's willing to burn that just for $50,000 and you'll never hear from him ever again. How sad. You talk about Judas. Judas is scared. He was, you know what was his destiny? Judas's destiny was to be seated on one of the 12 thrones in heaven in glory next to Jesus. Jesus has prepared 12 thrones. Six on one side, six on the other side. One already got the name of Judas. He was willing to sell it away for 30 pieces of silver. How much is 30 pieces of silver? 800 Singapore dollars. Can you imagine? You give up, your, he gave up his apostolic destiny for $800. Let me rephrase that. He gave up his eternal destiny for $800. Why? He couldn't control himself. The insecurity. I got to have money to feel safe. The lust, the craving for money. We really need the power of the Holy Spirit to sanctify us from the love of money. Because let me tell you this. I mean, as Singaporean, I can say it because I, I grew up here. The God of Singapore is money. It's money that makes... Everything is about money. We got to be sanctified from the love of money. And then number three is the pride of life. And this one is a really quiet, silent killer. Because we disguise it so well. Oh, you know, look, I'm, I'm not proud. I'm so humble. I'm proud to be humble, you know? <laughs> That's called false humility. <laughs> You're proud to be Look, Look how humble I am. There was a man called Ahitophel, and out of pride, he hung himself. <laughs> Look at 2 Samuel 17. This is a really interesting story. 2 Samuel 17, verse 23. Now, when Ahitophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey, arose and went home to his house, to his city, and then he put his household in order and hung him, hanged himself and died, and he was buried in his father's tomb. Why? Simply because his advice was not valued. Who is Ahitophel? Ahitophel was David's best friend. He was the wisest man in the entire kingdom. The smartest, the wisest, the, the, the chief of staff, if you like. He was the number one advisor in the kingdom. One day, his advice was not heeded. He couldn't take it. What? I'm the wisest guy. You know, I'm the most experienced. I'm the smart. You don't listen to my advice. If you don't listen to me, then what use do I have anymore? He was so proud that he's so smart. He went back home, hung himself. David's best friend. David's best friend. How sad, huh? You see, you can't fulfill destiny with pride. With, because of pride... Miriam became leprous. Moses' sister, because of pride. Because of pride, Korah, Dathan, Abiram. 
three of the key leaders in the entire camp, they died because of pride. And 14,700 followers all died together with them. The destiny gone because of pride. It's such a silent killer. When we are proud, we become very presumptuous. You know, Chinese would say we 很自以为是. Very presumptuous. You know, it's my way. It's my advice. This is what I, I think. You better listen to me. <laughs> and we will insist on our own ways. And that's where we become rebellious. First Samuel 15. Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Oh, friends, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to sanctify us from the pride of life. So I believe the Bible gave us all this thing to teach us. Last of the flesh, I believe not in City Harvest. You guys will overcome this because you have the power of the Spirit. Last of the eye, you don't love money because you're always giving. You're always giving. You always trust the Lord. You put your faith in God. So it's not going to happen here. Well, the pride of life, not you because you humble yourself in the mighty hand of God and the power of God will sanctify you. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give God a big clap. Hallelujah. So we need sanctification for what? For the security of our destiny. Let me give you one more reason. We need sanctification for posterity. For the security of our children and our children's children. Now, look over here in Psalms 112 and verse 1 to verse 3. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all read this together? Three verses, Psalms 112, starting now. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in His house, and His righteousness endures forever. If you fear the Lord, that means you love purity. You want to walk in holiness. Your descendants, even your unborn children, are going to be blessed. Many of you here are single. You know what? God will bless your unborn kids. They are going to be blessed. The decision you make this morning is going to guarantee God's blessing for generations to come because you decide to walk in purity. Proverbs 20, 20 verse 7, The righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will be blessed because of your decision to be sanctified. So how does God sanctify us? Let me end by telling you three ways. How does God sanctify us? Number one, by direct encounter with the spirit of holiness. More than, listen, it's not by human power, it's not by human smarts or might, it's by the spirit of God. So I want to say this, thank God for all the counseling, very important. Thank God for all the rehabilitation program, very important. Thank God for all the caring accountability groups, abstinent groups, very important. 
But let me tell you, if you want permanent life transformation, you need a direct encounter with the Spirit of Holiness. So an impartation happens when there is a desperation, when there's a longing for the Holy Spirit for an encounter with Him. See, let me say this, all of you in the marketplace, you don't have to play financial gain, games to be successful in your business. You don't have to manipulate, speculate, play financial games to be a captain of your industry, to be a giant in your jobs. Job was a perfect man. He wanted to live pure for God. Now, he lost everything, right? Job lost everything. He was in a desperate situation. He was sick and dying. Some say he got cancer. He lost his business. Now, if you are in his situation, a lesser man will say, come on, you got to survive. A man got to eat. A man got to fight for the family. A man got to survive. He still got his wife. So if you got to cut some corners, just cut it. But Job was not living for money. He was living for God. So even when he lost everything, he didn't want to lose his sanctification. Listen, a man's integrity is all you have. You can lose everything, but if you lose your integrity, you lost it all. He refused to lose his sanctification. So in Job 31, you can go home and read, in Job 31, he made a vow of consecration. He made a vow of sanctification. He said, God, I will not live by the lust of the flesh. He said, I will not look at another girl with lust in my eyes. Now, let me tell you the truth. He didn't marry a fantastic wife. <laughs> His wife was quite a problem. Yeah? I mean, but what God joined together, let no man cut us under. <laughs> yeah? And because when, when he lost everything, the wife, instead of encouraging him, the wife said, why don't you curse God and die? You know, the, the wife is typical Singaporean. Nichi <laughs> Die, die, you die lah. You, you be, Husband like you, you might as well go and die. You go and die. You go, you go and die now. You can curse God and die. That's a singlish version. <laughs> so can you imagine? He's trying to be, he's trying to keep his faith up. He's trying to encourage himself. The wife keeps telling him. He said, God, even as that may be, I will not look another girl with lust in my eyes. And then he said, God, I'm not going to go after the lust of, uh, lust of my flesh, lust of my eye. I'm not going to crave after money. I need money. Go back and read Job 31. I will not go after silver and gold. God, I'm not going to be proud. I humble myself before you. And you know what? The end of the story. God started pouring blessing, blessing, blessing and, until God blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Job 42 verse 12. He got double. For all his trouble, for all his losses, he had a double portion. You see, when we have a power encounter for sanctification, God says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Oh, come on, let's give God a big clap. Give him a big clap. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How does God sanctify us? Number two, by revelation of the truth. So number one, direct contact. 
So the more you have encounter with the Holy Spirit, the more sanctified and purer you'll be. The power of God will change you. Number two is by revelation of the truth, not information, not just knowing revelation. Now, you got to realize this. God's Word, this book, God's Word, look, this book, is a carrier of the Holy Spirit. That is why when you believe this Word by faith, the Word becomes spirit and life because it carries the Holy Spirit. It carries the Holy Spirit. So when we receive the Word of God, what, did, what does Jesus say? John 15 verse 3, You are already clean because of the Word which I have spoken to you. You see that? When Jesus speaks to us His Word, we receive it by faith. We believe in it. Boom. Bam! The Holy Spirit comes, sanctifies us. Job, uh, John 17 verse 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. See, the revelation of the truth, it sanctifies. It purifies. I like this one very much. Psalms 119 verse 9 to 11. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word. David wrote this. I was doing a Coffee with Kong program, one recording, and Bernard asked me a question. Somebody wrote in, say, Pastor, I struggle with addiction to pornography. How do I break this addiction? I tried, I tried, but how do I do it? Listen, 22% of all men are addicted to pornography. 22%. That means almost... One in five or one in four addicted to pornography, right? And one out of two men, 50%, masturbates to pornography. It's a big problem. It's a big problem in the world. But guess what? It's a big problem in the church. You can start abstinence group. It will help to a certain extent. You can start counseling group, it will help to a certain extent. You can start accountability group, it will help to a certain extent. You can start deliverance ministry, it will help for a few weeks to a certain extent. The only permanent way to overcome pornography is right here in Psalms 119. Because David, his biggest problem, the biggest problem of David David has no problem with money. He's so generous. David has no problem with pride. He's so humble. David's biggest problem is really girls. That's his biggest problem. So David wrote this because David struggled in, in his sexual drive. So David over here, he says, because he had victory already, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. That's why David says, if I meditate on God's word night and day, and day and night, and night and day, and day and night, you will make my way prosperous, and I will have good success, and I will be like an evergreen tree that even when the drought comes, I will always bear fruit. The meditation of the word, the word carries the spirit. Bam! The encounter with the spirit of God, and the cleansing happens. Let me finish up for you. 
Alright, let's read verse 10 and verse 11 together. Psalms 119, starting now. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. See that? The more revelation you have, the more the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. The more the Holy Spirit sanctifies you, the more revelation you have. Because you remember, the, why do you need sanctification? For revelation. But, you know, how do you get sanctified? By revelation. So more revelation, more Holy Spirit sanctification. More Holy Spirit sanctification, more revelation. More revelation, purer. Purer, more revelation. So the, it goes on and on and on until you become like Jesus. Until all desire of sin is gone and the power of God is flowing powerfully in your life. Oh, come on, go ahead and give God a big hand. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big clap. How does God sanctify us? One more thing. Third one. And with this, I'll end. By fervent prayer and fasting. By fervent prayer and fasting. How do you cast out certain unclean spirits? How do you get rid of uncleanness? Jesus says, sometimes only through prayer and fasting. Matthew 26 verse 41, Jesus says this, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. Let me, let me talk a little bit about this verse. Every day we face temptation. Temptation to sin. Temptation to be unclean. And our flesh is weak. When temptation comes, we want to give in. We want to commit the sin. Jesus says, if you pray, then the temptation will not overwhelm you. The more you pray, the stronger you are to overcome temptation. So prayer is a very important key. You've got to pray and pray. The more you pray, the weaker temptation will become. The, the more the Holy Spirit will empower you. When Jesus prayed, the devil left. Notice that? And by the way, he prayed and he fasted. When Jesus prayed, boom, he was transfigured. Glory, glory purity, right? There's one thing no demon can withstand when Christians start to pray fervently. So we fire up our lives on the altar of prayer. And that is why, you know, prayer meeting is important. That is why in every service, I, I, I don't want just a religious service. You come, you sing a few songs, I give you a nice motivational speech, send you home. I want us to take some time to pray because I know this. The only way I can help you to overcome temptations in life and to be empowered for sanctification is that I encourage you and persuade you to be prayer warriors. You see, and when we add fasting to our praying, there is spiritual acceleration. That means when you pray, maybe it will take, if you keep on praying, it will take six months for you to overcome this temptation. If you add fasting, six months, instead of six months, three weeks. 21 days, bam, you, you, you deal with this thing. You deal with this thing, right? Joel chapter 1 verse 14, 
The Bible says, sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out unto the Lord. Now, sanctify ye a fast. In the Bible, sanctification has a lot to do with fasting. It has a lot to do with fasting. Now, now, why is that so? You see, why is that so? Prayer and fasting is a very powerful way of engaging the Holy Spirit. Now, when we Christian fast, let me say this, our goal is not to detox. <laughs> now, let me say, nothing wrong with detoxing. <laughs> De detox is a good thing. I, I just went through uh, one round recently. It was very, very uh, helpful. Detox is good for your health. But when we fast, it's, our goal is not detox. Our goal is not diet. <laughs> that should not be our goal. There is only one goal when we are fasting. Power. We want the power of God. The fire of God. Right? We want, today is my 30th day of fasting. So let me tell you firsthand. Life. How do you feel when you fast? So I'm telling you, life right now, because I've been fasting for 30 days. Some people, I, I told you, some Thai Thai asked me, Pastor, very innocently, and they have good heart, Pastor, when you fast, so what do you eat when you fast? <laughs> uh, in my fasting, I'm not doing a Daniel fast. I'm doing a full fast, full fast. So I drink only water or liquid, right? Full fast. Now, when you are fasting, first of all, you become very aware of the strength and the drives of your fallen flesh. You become very aware of the strength of your flesh and the drive. The first few days and the first few weeks of fasting, your true self will really come out. Now, many people think the moment you start fasting, you become very spiritual. Actually, let me tell you the truth. The moment you start fasting, you become very carnal. <laughs> All your true self will come out. All your irritability, because you're hungry, you become very irritable. Your bad, bad temper. You never knew how bad temper you bad temper your until you start fasting. You become very irritated easily. You snap at everyone. So the first week of my fasting, you know, I mean, it's been a long time since I last lost my cool. Long time. Suddenly in my house, I just snap, and and son got shocked. I, I didn't snap at her. I snapped at something else. <laughs> I just snap, and then. I got a shock. And then I told her, I said, I'm sorry, I'm fasting. <laughs> My flesh is acting out. You become very irritable. When you're fasting, you're irritated easily. Your patience level goes all the way down. When you're fasting, let me tell you, let me tell you, your flesh, your sexual drive starts going crazy because your flesh needs attention. Your flesh needs gratification. When you are fasting, you know, if you are a drinker, suddenly, especially you're fasting, you got an excuse to drink. You never want to drink more than when you're fasting. I'm a coffee addict. The first one week of fasting, I'm crazy about coffee. I got to have coffee, coffee. And you know, coffee is very bad because it's acid. It would attack your stomach. So when you are fasting, all of a sudden, you know, all the bad habits, all the addictions, they come up to the surface. Now, many people think, oh, when I'm fasting, I, 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 I can't wait to fast because when I'm fasting, I think I, want to, I will want to pray more, read the Bible more. The opposite. 
the first one week, two weeks, you don't want to read the Bible. You're tired. Every time you open the Bible, you want to sleep because you have no sugar. <laughs> you don't want to pray. When you get on your knees, you're fasting. Your knees are tired. <laughs> so everything comes up to the surface. Many, many hidden sins will be exposed. And you become very sensitive to them. Oh dear, I never knew I'm so irritable easily. I got such a temper problem. I thought I dealt with it, it's still there. Oh dear, I never knew I got this bad habit, this addiction. Oh dear. All your hidden sins. And you will begin to notice how little spiritual hunger you have for God, for His Word and for worship. You just want to sleep, you just want to sayang your body all the time because your body is going through fasting. Then what do you do? Second thing you need to do, you assert mastery over the flesh. The Bible says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. 1 Corinthians 9.27 This is exactly what fasting does. Disciplining our body and making it our slave rather than allow your flesh to make your body its slave. So, you said, I will not listen to the flesh. I will worship. I will read the Bible. It will take a while. Three days, seven days, 14 days. Then suddenly, you hit a barrier. Boom. It's like sonic boom. You, hit the, you break the sound barrier. You break the flesh barrier. Boom. Now, you can pray. You withdraw from the world. You withdraw from your busyness. Now, you connect directly to God. Let me tell you this. You can fast and not pray. It's, it'll be useless. You'll be just another religious exercise to prove your human endurance. If you fast and don't pray, it's just a hunger strike. Right? So we must withdraw ourselves from the world and seek God in prayer. As our flesh gets weaker by the day, the more we pray now, the more you will encounter God's raw power. Because the flesh is weakened. So your spirit becomes very strong. You become very sensitive. You hear from Him. You get messages from Him. Revelation. He begins to speak to your heart. Suddenly, your discernment. You can discern people and situation very clearly. You've broken the flesh barrier. And the anointing will grow stronger on you, in you, and through you. And that is the true power of prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. How many of you want to be empowered for sanctification this morning? Amen. Why don't we just give God a big hand? Oh, hallelujah. I want singers and musicians to come out right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbors on your left and right. Say, get ready for a power encounter. But let me ask you a few questions. Like Job, are you willing to be like Job 31 and say, God, I make a vow of consecration. God, I make a decision. I, will, I, I don't want to live by the lust of my flesh I want to deal with this bad habit, this addiction I have. I want, I want to, to surrender the lust of the eye, this insecure, financial insecurity, always fearful I won't have enough for my old age or for my family. This craving I have for money, I, Lord, I just surrender it to you. Like Job, you're willing to say, God, you know, I don't live for all these. I live for you. God, I humble myself. I don't want to be proud. I submit myself to the mighty hand of God. How many of you today, like Job, 
you're willing to say, God, I make a decision. I long for purity. How many of you want to do that? Yeah. Amen. I'm going to ask you another question. Will you go deeper into the Word and let the Holy Spirit bring revelation? How can a young man cleanse his way? I know as I speak, perhaps some of you are struggling in the area of pornography. And you know what? The only way that can give you victory is the Word of God. And you say, God, I'm going to hide your Word. I'm going to hide your Word because your Word is spirit and life. I want to be sanctified by the truth of your Word. How many of you want to love the Word of God more? Put up your hands. Amen. Third question. Are you willing to pray and if necessary, fast? To keep surrendering your life to Jesus so that you're walking in a constant state of readiness for power encounters anytime, anytime. You're desperate for God. How many of you, and let me tell you, sanctification comes only when you pray. You're willing to pray more and if necessary, you're willing to go through seasons of fasting. Put up your hands right now, this place. Why don't we all stand out on our feet? Oh, let's just pray, let's just pray, let's just pray. Today, God wants to do so much. God wants to do great things, great things, great things. Just talk in tongues for a moment, show me. Okay, guys, just hang on for a moment. I don't know whether the, uh, I just, the Holy Spirit just gave me a verse, just quicken a verse into my spirit right now. Uh, Jocelyn, can you just put on the screen Psalm 110, verses 2 and 3. Verses 2 and 3. If you can just... Put it up right now. Oh, hallelujah. Is it there? Psalms? Yeah, just wait a while. It says, The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Do you have that verse? Yeah, there it is. Uh, two and three. Can we see verse two? Just see, okay. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Now, Zion is the Old Testament way of saying the church. So God is going to show forth His strength out of His church. And listen, City Harvest, your destiny is to rule over the devil. He's under your feet. Everybody say, the devil is under my feet. The devil is under my feet. But it's not enough just to know it positionally. It got to be true. Amen. He has nothing in you. You're going to rule over him. And, and it's going to happen, verse 3 says, in the day of His power, right? In the day of His power. So this is the day of power. This is the day of a power encounter and God is going to empower us for sanctification. God is going to empower us for vision. God is going to empower us for our destiny. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So I want you to hold your neighbor's hands on your left and your right. I want you to begin to pray, like Acts 4.31. As they pray, the whole place was shaken. I want you to pray. I want you by faith, begin to rule over the devil right now. He's under your feet. Rule over him in the name of Jesus. Oh, 
Psalms 110, uh, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. Verse 3, your people shall be volunteered in the days of your power. Today, this day is the day of power. In the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. So today, you know what? Let's worship God in the beauty of His holiness. Something wonderful is going to happen. Just stay with me. Just for a few minutes, the power of God is going to touch us in a tremendous way. Let's just worship God, shall we?
this morning we are crying out for the fire of the Holy Spirit come like a fire and I just visualize I, I could see the fire of God waiting to be poured into our lives going into the sewers of our soul going and burning up all those areas that is unclean and that is wrong the desires so that we can be pure listen if Jesus Christ the son of the living God if he needs the spirit of holiness how much more you and I how many of you this morning there are areas in your life you need to surrender to him maybe is it in the realm of the lust of the flesh maybe like David you struggle with so many areas in your physical appetite maybe some of you you like to drink but you like to drink too much maybe some of you there's still that desire to gamble maybe there's some of you that you tell white lies so often you don't know if you're lying or not lying anymore and you you cannot accept it but the bible says if i cherish sin or iniquity in my heart god will not hear my prayers this morning we say jesus we just want to be more like you jesus is not by our human effort jesus is by the power of your spirit come spirit of holiness come and burn away baptize us afresh in the spirit and in fire burn away all the areas that displease you how many of you want the fire of the holy spirit lift up your hands this morning all over this room just talk in tongues right now us so much and he loves us even more when we want to be like him God knows we are not perfect he knows we struggle every single day to do the right thing don't ever let the devil condemn us there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus if you are in that 22% that struggles with that, that struggle with, with pornography don't let the devil condemn you no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men. That's not common to anyone. But with every temptation, God always provides a way of escape. And today, in the refinery of the fire of the Spirit of God, He's going to transform you. He's going to change you. He's going to make you a spiritual giant. The devil is under the feet. That which is troubling you will not trouble you much longer. The, the God of peace will crush the devil under your feet shortly. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
All right, I want you to say this right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Baptize me this morning. Baptize me this morning. With the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. And with your fire. And with your fire. Burn away every area. Burn away every area. That is displeasing to you. That's displeasing to you. The last of my flesh. The last of my flesh. My bad habits. My bad habits. My addictions. My addictions. My wrong attitudes. My wrong attitudes. Burn away. Burn away. The last of my eye. The last of my eye. My financial fears. My financial fears. And insecurities. And insecurities. I don't live for money. I don't live for money. I live for you. I live for you. Oh Holy Spirit. Oh Holy Spirit. Take away pride. Take away pride. Burn away pride. Burn Will you talk in tongues right now? Just tell him. Oh, come, Holy Spirit, come by your fire. Fire of God, fire of God, fire of God. I want you to hold your neighbor's hands right now. The place of agreement is the place of power. There is a strong power of God this morning. I tell you the fire of God I can see, I can sense in my spirit. Just like the great fire of London. The fire of God. I can see in the spirit, fire of God burning, burning, burning. Burning away all the areas of weaknesses. That which has troubled you for years and years and years is going to be burned up. Today, there's an impartation. Oh, Everybody, let's proclaim this out loud. Let's proclaim it. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Sanctify us by your Spirit. Sanctify us by your Spirit. We are a church. We are a church. Of faith and purity. Of faith. Purity. Come, Spirit of Holiness. Come, Spirit of Holiness. Burn away. Burn away. Every uncleanness. Every uncleanness. In my brothers and my sisters. In my brothers and my sisters. Now pray for one another right now. Pray strong. Pray strong. Pray strong. Oh, pray, pray, pray. Watch and pray, watch and pray. You will overcome every temptation. You will overcome, you will find a way of escape. No more uncleanness. No more uncleanness. You will rule over your enemy. In the day of his power, Satan will have nothing in you, no hold in you.
time. I just sensed it. I, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, Kong, get them to pray a little bit more. God is doing a deep, deep work right now. He's doing a deep, deep work. The fire of God is burning away. Oh, the Lord of the flies, all the fleas, all the spiritual fleas, all the spiritual rats cannot run rampant in your life anymore. Pray, pray, pray. Don't stop, don't stop. Just pray it just a little bit more. A people of purity. Faith and purity. Faith and purity. Holy Satan, you have no hold of us. 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 We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind you in the name of Jesus. Twenty seconds, you pray. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. City Harvest Church, this morning even when we were worshipping the Lord, I just couldn't control my tears, just kept weeping, keep weeping in the Lord, in the presence of God. And it was like the Holy Spirit just took my hand and walked me down the aisles, between the roads, and surveying the hearts of the people with Him. And tears just kept flowing down my eyes because the Spirit of the Lord said to me, Look, look into your hearts. Many, many have felt that their lives are like dry bones. Many, many are standing here but their hearts cannot be connected to me. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy, prophesy to these bones, prophesy and say to them, Oh dry bones, hear. Hear the word of the Lord. And I, 
I feel in my spirit this morning. The Spirit of God was saying, City Harvest, hear the word of the Lord. The word of God is to us. Sanctify yourself, City Harvest. Set yourself aside to be holy for me, to be holy for me. If today you will place your whole heart into my head, if today you will fear nothing and no one except the fear to sin against me. City Harvest, listen. If you will fear no man except the one that can destroy the spirit, the soul, and the body. Today, if you will fear nothing except to grieve my Holy Spirit, the Lord said, if you will place your heart into my hand, then the Lord will say to this bond, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe the breath on this slain, and they will live. So I prophesy as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and he lived and stood upon them, stood upon their feet, and according like a great army, exceeding great army, city harvest, God wants to raise you up. If you would just stand before him with a sanctified heart, with a sanctified life, God would do mighty exploit for you, through you. And God say, it's my purpose to make you an exceedingly great oh, army. Destroy bones will live again. Prophesy and the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit from the four winds shall descend upon this house right now, right now. Prophesy to the dry bones. I prophesy to your dry lives. I prophesy to your dry bones. I prophesy to your dry situation. I prophesy to your dry circumstances. Live, 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 live. Let the breath of God, the fire of God, come right now.
many times this but one more time God is raising up a mighty army oh God is raising up a mighty army he is breathing into this army this morning his breath is upon us his breath is upon us his breath is upon us his breath from the four winds his breath is upon us a mighty army is arising a mighty army a mighty he's going to rule with his rod of strength and power in the midst of his enemies in the day of his power this is a day of visitation this is a day of power encounter this is a day we are empowered for sanctification everybody pray for our neighbors on your left on your right pray loud pray strong pray loud pray strong Pray loud and strong. I want you to pray loud and strong. The place they assembled was shaken. God raised up a mighty army. The voice of a mighty army is arising. Pray in the sea, pray in the sea. Pray in the sea for every member, for every cell group, for your family. The mighty spiritual people is arising in this place. The Lord say to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord will send the rod of your strength out of Zion, his church, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people, City Harvest Church, shall be volunteers. In a day of your power, in a day of the power and count of the Spirit, in the beauty of holiness, they will worship Him. From the womb of the morning to the late in the night, you have the dew of your youth. Lord, all of us are your people. Oh, grace of a mighty people, we pray. A pure people, a people of faith, people of purity. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Now look at Pastor for a moment. Why don't we just first of all give God a big clap? All that. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Before we end the service, 
what I did yesterday. I want to pray for all the cell leaders. Now look, look at Pastor. This church is built up by cell groups. The DNA of this church is broken down to the cell groups. If a cell group is weak, our church is weak. We are only as strong as our weakest cell group. But the cell group is very dependent on the cell leader. Cell leader is key. And I don't, I don't want to put extra burden on you, cell leaders, because you work so hard. You're fighting for your family, for your survival. But it's not by your... God doesn't need your human smarts. It's not how eloquent you are. It's not how much strategy you can come up with. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by your spirit. If you carry the power of God, if you carry that spirit of holiness, your cell group is going to experience revival like you cannot believe it. You see, that's how it is going to be. And sometimes, as cell group leaders, we got to make certain decisions. Let me tell you this. I love to drink. I really do. I don't believe drinking is sin. You know, I don't. Because Jesus turned water into wine. And He did not turn water into Ribena. Amen. He really turned water into wine. And that's why they accused Jesus of being a wine bibber. Because He was seen drinking real wine with other people. I don't believe drinking is wrong. But I don't drink because when I was young, I used to get drunk. I love to drink too much. I love the taste of wine and alcohol. I grew up in the Anglican church. We drink a lot. And so... When God called me into full-time ministry, the first thing He did, 1986, He said to me, Kong, you will never drink again. I said, God, it's not wrong to drink. He said, others can, but you can't. Because God knows something. If I drink, there's a chance I would never be able to break free from getting drunk and I might become an alcoholic. And so, for me, I just don't drink. It is my consecration. I have not touched a drop of liquor from nine. Let me tell you, it's a long time. Not 1986, I make a mistake. From 1983 until today, I have not touched a drop of liquor. It's my consecration. Not because sometimes it may not be sin, but others can, you can't. God has something greater for you. God has something greater for me to be a preacher of the gospel. So it's not legalistic. Nobody told me I, I can't. My pastors, my leaders, they love to drink back then. I just don't. So whenever we go drinking, even when I go to important dinners and they pour, oh, come on, reverend. One time I went, there was an important man. He bought a very expensive uh, liquor and he poured it to me. And I said, I can't drink, uh, sir. He said, look, I just drank with the bishop of this denomination. Why can't you drink? I said, I smile. I said, give me orange juice. I just don't drink. This is my consecration. Cell group leaders, I'm going to pray for you. You make a decision today. You're going to live for Jesus. I believe revival is coming to your cell group. You just wait and see. I believe for many of you cell group leaders, in the next few months, you're going to see mighty, mighty revivals if you make decisions today for Jesus. Only you know what decisions you need to make. Could be a relationship. Could be a career choice. Could be something, an attitude you have. Could be a, some words that you have said. Could be a... a, a a light that you have, but you make a decision. Today, based on your decision, God is going to bring a mighty, mighty revival into your cell group. I want all the cell group leaders to put up your hands right now. Can I give all the cell group leaders a big clap right now? Put up your hands. Put up your hands. Hallelujah. I want everybody 
Put, keep your hands straight up, all the cell group leaders. And ministry leaders, ministry leaders, put up your hands. And all the full-time staff, put up your hands. All the full-time staff, put up your hands. Everybody, go and lay hands on somebody whose hands is lifted up. Go and lay hands. If, if, unless they are too far away, you just stretch your hands towards somebody whose hands lift lifted. Make sure you lay hands. Lay hands. So lay hands on your head. Lay hands on your shoulder. Let's just pray for all our cell group leaders and ministry leaders and full-time staff. All the board members too. You put up your hands, alright? All the board members, put up your hands. We're going to pray for you. Come on, everybody prays. Oh, Father, touch them, touch them. I want you to pray strong, pray strong. Father, as, they make, as we make decisions, Father, let the fire of the Holy Spirit come in a powerful way. Everybody say out loud. Say, cell group leaders. Cell group leaders. Every, try that again. Say, leaders. Leaders. You are blessed. You are blessed. God has raised you up. God has raised you up. To lead us into glory. To lead us into glory. As you make decisions this morning. As you make decisions this morning. God will empower you. God will empower you. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit increase in your life. Increase in your now life. Now pray for all the leaders right now. <laughs> Be blessed, Be blessed. Be blessed. Be anointed. Be empowered. Be sanctified. Oh, in the name of Jesus. so busy ministering so focused 
in imparting to others. We forgot that He's just here. He's also here for us. And this morning, He's here for you. Yes. Please lift up your hands and open up your heart. Because this morning, more than anyone else, He wants to encounter you. Pastors, leaders, please open up your heart. long time. It has been a while that you have come before him with total honesty. And he's calling you this morning. He's not going to let this meeting end without you responding to him. So please respond to him.
Amen. What a wonderful morning. Are you glad you came this morning? Amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord today. Oh, it's amazing. You guys are amazing. Sub group leaders, when you fellowship with people afterwards, in the midst of all the God is blessing you now and celebration, all that, if there's ever again a time in your fellowship, why don't you just take a moment and just go and lay hands on your people? Just lay hands. Let's be spiritual today. Let that be impartation. Let that be impartation. You receive something today. Impart it in Jesus' name. Before you go, I want people to turn around, somebody give a big hug and say, The Spirit of Holiness is coming on you. God bless you. Have a great week. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 